Hi, I'm Headley and welcome to a shorter and slightly different episode of Wessex Ways. We love doing these podcasts and uh, it was always going to be come a time, especially in July, where we uh, both got lots of commitments. So I'm going away on holiday, Paul's got lots of stuff to do with work uh, and today um, I've got lots of things to do. I've got to pick up some pictures um, and I've got to meet the Earth Trust uh, today as well. So that brings me here to Whittenham Clumps um, on this beautiful sunny day and um, so the plan is basically just going to do a little bit of waffling as we usually do but uh, we're going to do it uh, from wherever we are today. So I'm starting here and I plan to come back here later. Up here you can see Castle Hill and there's the uh, Iron Age Hill Fort and around here you can see Round Hill. So <clears throat> I'm hoping later once I've been to my printers to pick up pictures I'm going to come back, have my meeting with Earthrust, and then take you up Round Hill there to have a look at the view around, <coughs> providing this weather doesn't get any worse at all. Now, I'm going to hand over to Paul in a sec, but where I'm actually going to pick up my pictures is quite a fascinating place. And this is where I get all my printing done. This is the former ticket office for Cullum Station in Oxfordshire and I am really getting wet in this weather. So I'm just looking around this old building, it's absolutely lovely and I'm hoping that when I pick up my print maybe Dan can tell us a few things about it. So let's go and see if he's in. Oh crikey, I'm stepping in a puddle. Here we go, so let's see if Dan's in. Ah, there he is. Hello. Hello, this Hello. is Dan. Right? Can come we in. come in? Can I bring yeah, yeah, yeah. bring the people in? So we're now coming into the uh, old ticket office. Um, so I'm going to have a look at my actual print. But before I do that, Dan, how, how old is this building, mate? This building, 179 years old. Wow. So you were quite young when it yeah. was new. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and so how long have you been here then? Uh, I've been here about eight Nine years, something like that. Nine oh, years. Oh, well, yeah, 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 so do you time. own the building? Or? No, no, so I rent this off Network Rail. Yeah, and I just love that you've got like little, little trains up there and around here as well. Model of the station up there. Model of the station? Oh, yes. Model of the station up there, brilliant. So, yeah, so, um, so now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have a look at one of the uh, prints that I'm picking up from Dan. Right then, Dan, what have you got for me today, mate? Let's have a look. So, so I've got to bear in mind we've got people listening and not yeah, watching as well. So I'm going to describe. So Dan's unwrapping my latest picture. This is for a lady called Merrill who lives in West Hagbourne, and this should be a picture of Blue Burton Hill. This one. Oh, two print. It's big, isn't it? My outlook. Oh yeah. Okay. There we go. So for those on oh, look at that. Nice and shiny and new. Look at that. And that's just my head. <laughs> Here we go. Look. Here we go. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much. There we go. So that is Blue Burton Hill in Oxfordshire. So for those listening on Spotify, it's basically a blue and green picture of Blue Burton Hill. Look at those clouds. You've got some detail. Clouds there. in the sky. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite impressed with that. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm going to hand that over tonight. Okay. Right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to leave the station now. Thanks very much, Dan. And uh, I'm going to head back to Whitman Clumps. Good stuff. Just now filming the ticket office from the other side. Interesting little area this. That's the line up to Oxford that way. And then Didcot is the other way. And over here, you got the railway in. Bed, breakfast, restaurant and bar. Very, very tempting. But now I've got to get back to Whitnam Clumps. Um, so we usually have a section now, so what, what have we done this last week? So I'll try, try and keep this fairly short. Um, did a walk up Lowbury Hill, uh, my legs returning to action, which is good with my son. Uh, I did a longer walk along the Ridgeway, along Grimm's Ditch out from Mongwell near Wallingford up to Nuffield and back. Um, almost didn't make that because my leg was hurting so much um, but at least now I know where my limitations are uh, but the rest of the time um, it's, it's, it's all been about the exhibition uh, so Wessex uh, airscapes are over in Devizes at the Wiltshire Museum so we had our grand opening Paul and Rebecca were there um, which was wonderful um, we naturally went to the pub afterwards and drained the pub of beer which was good um, and yeah, we had Mike Pitts, the historian, actually open the show. Um, sorry, my car made a funny noise there. I don't know what that, that's all about. Um, Korean nonsense. And um, we had, you know, a talk by David Dawson, CEO of the museums. Uh, I said a few words and it was just a really good night. And the show is now open <clears throat> until the 15th of October. If you go to Wiltshire Museum website, you'll see we've also got events, so there's walks on there. We've got three walks. We've got one Avebury, one uh, around Westbury White Horse and Bratton Camp, and one uh, up Tan Hill uh, in Wiltshire. They're about five, maybe six miles each. They're, they're going to be really nice walks. Um, that's it, really. So, yeah, please visit the show um, or have a look online. Uh, we've put a lot of work into this. Now, the other thing is Earth Trust. I don't know why they've got me here. They've asked me to come here. They asked me to bring Anna, but Anna's busy and I don't know what's going on. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm about to get a bollocking for flying a drone. I don't know. Or maybe there's a new project they want me involved in. I don't know. Either way, we'll find out shortly. Once I've done that, um, I'm going to see if we can brave this weather and go up Round Hill. Hi again. So the good news is uh, Earth Trust called me in for a meeting. It wasn't to tell me off for flying a drone or anything like that. Um, it was actually to help them out with uh, an upcoming project, which we'll talk about soon. Um, before I go up on the clumps and probably get quite wet, I've had the luxury of bumping into the chief executive of Earth Trust, Jane Manley, who's just come down from the clumps and got changed. Hi, Jane. <laughs> How are you, Hi. right? Hi, lovely to be here to see you. <laughs> what a privilege, what a privilege to actually meet today. properly, really. Yeah. Um, yes, and I apologise for my appearance. Um, I got very wet walking on the clumps and um, I've had to get changed. I got so wet. So Jane, um, Earth Trust, we, we all know, uh, manages different areas and, and, and preserves various natural areas around Oxfordshire. And of course, we're here 
probably at the most famous of the lot, Whitnam Clumps. Um, I had the luxury of doing uh, an art exhibition here earlier in the year with my photography, so thank you for that. And I'm about to go and get wet taking you lot up Whitnam Clumps. Uh, and you've just been up there as well, so you, you've dried off and you've got changed and everything. So, so what, what current sort of projects uh, are going on at Earth Trust at the moment? So we're doing a huge range of things. You probably hmm. are aware um, that last week we actually hosted our big supporters day which is our annual hmm. event for those people who supported us over the last yes. 12 months. Um, Tom Heap was our keynote speaker um, and we had all had, had some amazing conversations about how we manage the land and the multiple benefits we mm -hmm. need to get from the land, how important food growing is for our society and thinking about how food how food is grown, um, where it comes from, how we can connect people to food. But also food isn't the only thing that we need to produce from our land. So you enjoy mm. the amazing access benefits, yes. don't you? Yes. And the Quite visual often. benefits <laughs> yes. of nature and yes. lots of, um, our society gains huge amount from that benefit of access, huge health and well-being benefits, um, both physical and mental. Um, and I think um, just to remind us that we, our society is facing huge challenges. So we are in a phase, mm. or we're, it's called the Anthropocene. Human beings have had a tremendous impact mm. on our landscape. Um, and we need to do something about that because of biodiversity loss that we have actually caused ourselves. And then of course there's the climate change and yes. the climate crisis. Yeah. And mm. The land will have to produce and provide lots of different benefits. Mm. So Supporters Day was one of those times when we could actually come together and yeah. really talk as a community about how we need to be more active as a community mm. in, um, in the future. And we had a very interesting conversation about what activism is which is sort of going through um, all our press at the moment, what is activism? Mm. Um, and the reality is that if, if people are doing something positive for the environment, mm. so if people are volunteering their time or they're making a decision at home about recycling, or you and your mm. tremendous photography is bringing mm. to life the enormous benefits of the landscape, mm. then that is activism because that's mm. enabling people to connect with the environment in a in a deep and meaningful way. So it's all about getting involved. I mean, we, we have the luxury of these open spaces, but they can only be open and accessible and able to be enjoyed and be safe as well with the you know the, the action of the volunteers here at Earth Trust. So thank you. And very we're much. we're really grateful to our volunteers. Mm. Um, and the other thing we've done, if I mm. could just yeah, plug. Yeah. Um, is we've launched our a new membership scheme to support the Earth Trust and our work. Mm. We're a really small charity and um, we, we need to be able to do more and more because we're called in more mm. and more. The mm. challenges we face are more and more in our society. Mm. Um, we need supporters who are giving regularly. Mm. So we've launched a new membership scheme. I hope all your uh, the people watching today will yes. go onto the website, find yep. out a little bit more about what the Earth Trust is we'll about. We'll put that at the bottom in the comments uh, for those of you on uh, on YouTube. And actually, I will read it out later anyway for those of you that are listening on Spotify. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jane. Do you want me to talk about the archaeological festival? Yes. What's that? Go on, tell me a little so, bit about that. Um, sorry, before we go, <laughs> I must tell you, I must talk to you about this new festival, um, which is coming our way mm. on the 5th 
um, and 6th of August. Wow. It's a family event. It's I, we've just come down from the Whitnam Clumps, and you're just about. To I'm go just up. about to go up and get so wet up there. So at the heart of the Whitnam Clumps is a scheduled ancient monument. It's an Iron Age and um, it's an Iron Age hill fort, um, hugely important historically and archaeologically. Yes. Is that the word? I think so. Um, <laughs> and we have got this event going on. Very friendly, fam family focused. Tickets are five pounds. Um, available on our website. Um, there's going to be lots going on over those two days, um, Roman living, history, cooking over an open fire, I'm looking at my notes, um, a pop-up museum of findings from Dig wow. Ventures. Now Dig Ventures were the archaeological um, group who have uncovered some amazing finds here over the last three years. Were they, sorry, um, were they involved in the, the Roman yes, building down there? Yes, oh, wow. yes, so we have uncovered a Roman villa. Um, here on site and also significant number of roundhouses but all that is sort of being brought to mm. life during this archaeological festival so it's called Clumps Go Ancient more details on our website thank you very much Jane thank and you uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and I um, hope I'm here the next time you visit yes, and hopefully and see you part two. see some of you at the festival right so thank I'm now going to take you lot up to the top so that archaeology festival sounds really quite interesting and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I won't go through the specifics now but they've got a lot of stuff especially for sort of kids of aged I'd say probably six up to sort of uh, teenage years so there's gonna be lots of things to see and do. Um, hopefully I'm gonna be there flying my drone as well. Uh, just something else to look forward to in this lovely environment. So I'm now, uh, as promised, climbing up uh, to Round Hill, the highest point on Whitnam Clumps. Try not to fall over. And uh, we'll have a look to see what's at the top. And here we are, right at the top of Round Hill. And uh, obviously, on a good day, this view would be much better, but uh, I'm not complaining today. So let's go around and see what we've got here. So Earth Trust is kind of over that direction and you can just make out the towers of Didcot for those that are watching on YouTube. And then panning around I can see here in front of me is kind of the uh, the summit uh, marker point thing. But in the distance I can see the jet project is kind of a white building just over to the north which is the Joint European Taurus, which is a nuclear fusion project that's been running in Oxfordshire for a number of decades. Uh, I think they've broken even on electricity, but uh, basically they're bashing atoms together and it's 10 times hotter than the core of the sun over there. Down below me here is Little Whitnam, and you can see, for those of you on YouTube, uh, the River Thames snaking off into the distance. And this whole area in front down here, the River Thames forms an L shape, as we said in a previous podcast. So it comes down from the north, then runs off to the east, and then it's bordered by the River Tame going up the eastern side, and then the Dyke Hills going across the top. Uh, now, that creates a kind of a rectangular area which was probably a significantly huge settlement at one time with access to a port on the Thames as well. So there's lots and lots of unearthed unearthed secrets of this place and you know that's that's not even on the clumps themselves. 
Now, the clumps themselves, around to the west, used to be a Roman settlement as well. There are details of that down at the Earth Trust, and of course there will be more information uh, during the archaeology uh, festival that they're going to hold there. And everyone seems to know about the Iron Age Hillfort on Castle Hill, which is fairly prominent, particularly from above. But I have a sneaking suspicion that here on Round Hill, which is the higher of the two, there was also something. So before we finish, I'm just going to hop into the woods and have a bit of a look. Okay. Okay, I'm now in the clump at the top of the clumps. So this has been widened in recent times. These, this outer part of the clump are newer trees which uh, I assume have been planted to protect the older beech trees that are in the centre over there. Now they are, I'm led to believe, the oldest beech trees in the UK but obviously up here they take a lot of wind. Now I'm standing next to something here that's kind of a, an impromptu shelter. It looks like maybe the scouts have been here or something. As I near the other side of the clump, these are the original old trees here. This is fenced off to protect them. Uh, but here on the ground, there's a noticeable earthwork going along. And again, I haven't seen anything on this documentation-wise, but this earthwork skirts around the edge of the clump. I'm looking now, I can see the daylight from the uh, other side and it goes all the way around. Uh, those on YouTube can see I'm zooming on it there as well. So I've seen this on LiDAR as well, but I can't ascertain any information on it at all. So maybe this is something that somebody would like to look into. Maybe there's something more here. Maybe this was another part of the significant settlement that was down at the bottom in the valley. Who knows? Uh, we'll we find out more through time. But I think, to be honest with you, I think it's probably time for me to go and start thinking about getting somewhere dry. Hello everybody and welcome to part two of Wessex Ways podcast episode 14. Now at this point in time I don't know what Headley has recorded in terms of um, all the detail he's gone into. I know the subject briefly, but because of a whole bunch of holidays, a whole bunch of holidays, but because of our holidays and uh, the time leading up to that, Headley and I haven't been able to get together um, and do the podcast as normal. So we thought we'd bring you something different. Again, Headley may have already explained this, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. So we... Um, now, as I say, we can't get together over the next uh, week or two, so we thought rather than have a big old gap, well, let's bring you something completely different. I think Headley has um, recorded something from his neck of the woods with the Earth Trust, so uh, a big thanks to them. Um, and I think we saw, I say we, me and Rebecca, saw some uh, Earth Trust signs when we were out doing the video uh, how did the Romans cross a river up at Dorchester, Dorchester on Thames? And there was a whole bunch of signs and wonderful sort of access and permissive access over a lot of the land there, which is so good to see. And uh, bringing me on to a quick grumble before I get into this. So, um, 
yeah, I've just left the Tess Way. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Tess Way, according to the maps, is one of the national trails. Now, there's 26 national trails, and as far as I'm concerned, you can cycle or walk on all of those. Now, I've just tried to join it at a certain part, just down the bottom of the hill over that way, and there's signs everywhere saying footpath only, permissive path, no cycles. And I'm thinking, this is the part of the test way. That's a bit strange. Now this neck of the woods where I am now is in the middle of nowhere. I'll explain a bit more in detail. And there are signposts everywhere saying private land, which is fine. But this is now a restricted byway. Um, again, I'm completely um, permitted to, to cycle here. But again, down the bottom of the hill, loads of signs saying footpath only, permissive. It's not permissive. There's actual rights of way. So, um, right, rant over. I'm really conscious that I make too many um, videos on sort of campaigns, uh, the right to roam, uh, inland islands that you can't access despite being open access, rivers um, that you can't access, pollution being dumped in our rivers. And I'm very conscious I don't want to do that too much. I want to try and stick to the usual videos where we just bumble along, explore somewhere and tell you a bit of history. So, um, Right, well, where am I today? Well, as I say, me and Headley are normally sat behind a computer screen doing a Zoom meeting, talking about where we've been and what we've been up to. So this week, as I say, lack of time, I thought I'd have a little cycle from my house and um, go somewhere where I've not been before and just explore a bit of an old abandoned railway. Now, as this podcast goes out on uh, both YouTube and all podcast uh, platforms, such as Spotify and... Um, Apple cast and all those ones I haven't got a clue what I'm about. You can uh, you can watch us on YouTube as well and you can see what I'm looking at as well. But you're not missing out on a lot, so carry on listening on the podcast by all means. Um, I'm just pointing at an old railway, which is um, which is quite beautiful. But I'll try and explain in detail. You have to bear with me because when I'm filming in this manner, I'm normally um, doing a YouTube video, so I'm normally uh, waffling at the camera super quick and then stopping, cut, stop, cut, stop, because that's what YouTube normally commands. So I need to be quite conscious that I'm actually recording an outdoor podcast. So again, bear with me if I point at something and go, look at that, I'll try my best not to. So again, big thanks to Headley and the Earth Trust for their part. Um, I have cycled out myself to an abandoned railway, one I've been to a few times before, but I haven't been to this spot. This is... Um, a nice little bridge over a rather large cutting um, on the Fullerton branch line, the, the, the branch of the Spratt and Winkle line. Now, if you've watched our recent video, you'll have um, seen us waffle um, in one of the, I think we did a video called um, uh, All Lines Lead to London, Was Beaching Right? Um, that kind of title and in there we used an example of this very railway because we we talked about how this railway was built as an insurance policy by London Southwestern Railway and they were trying to tempt the Didcot Newbury and Southampton Railway not to carry on building theirs and instead use this branch line they've just built it travels north south we've double tracked it you've got good yards you've got massive stations down there and um, no expense spared to the point that if I look over this overbridge that I'm on now down into the cutting it's immense I'm gonna say that's oh god probably 15 meters deep almost warrants a tunnel um, but 
it's not a tunnel it's a huge bridge and um yeah it just goes to show how this line wasn't no expense spared whatsoever just crossed over to the other side of the bridge looking down the line towards the south and yeah that is immense i'm not expecting to see anybody on this uh byway today because as i say it doesn't really go anywhere it just goes to sort of a main road but i had to lift my bike over a um sty to get here despite the fact it is a byway not only is it a byway but it's also a national trail so again i'll start ranting about that in a minute i'm sure anyway so almost as soon as this railway was built there's no expense spared railway well um it was redundant straight away because it did cut newbury and southampton railway said nope sorry we don't want your railway your help your money nothing we're going to carry on building to winchester and when they got to winchester well they pretty much ran out of money but i told that story before but i just wanted to give a bit more context and um yeah if i look over this side it's huge it's also really beautiful and you know what of this branch line which is something like nine miles long well, legally, you can't walk on any of it, which is a really sad thing because it goes through the beautiful part of the Tess Valley. Um, and yeah, well, again, not going to waffle on about that. I rant too much. I appreciate that, everybody. I really do. So anyway, what else have we been up to? Well, I've got my new Himaway bike. You'll have seen the sponsored video for that a few weeks ago. That flopped like nothing else, but it was a sponsored video. Um, so that makes complete sense. They do that from time to time, but it is a joy. So if you are looking for an electric bike, an e-bike, one that doesn't carry um, any sort of uh, legality in terms of restrictions, in terms of you needing to license it because it does powered under 25 kilometers, um, under 250 watts and all that. It's a lovely little bike, massive wheels, and it suits my lazy 45 year old body or however old I am, I think I'm 45. Um, Let's have a quick look down the side of this um, side of this uh, cutting. It's got the sign there saying um, DFT uh, Department for Transport. I guess HT HTR is that? This is one of those wonderful little signs for those that can't see HTF. I guess that's Hurstbourne Fullerton because that's the length, and there's a number eight Hurstbourne Fullerton. I guess that's the number bridge. And Hurstbourne Fullerton was the distance this travelled between Hurstbourne uh, in the north, Hurstbourne Junction, and Fullerton in the south. Um, but yeah, walking over the top of it and looking down, I'm walking along the side of it, sorry. That's a massive bridge. I will get a picture of that and put that on the, on the YouTube video of that. Because that is something else, almost like a sheer drop down either side. Looks like there's some spooling as well because there's a lot of brickwork all over the floor. But... It does look in good nick. I doubt there's any way down there because, goodness me, you wouldn't um, want to go down that. It's like a cliff edge. I'm very surprised there wasn't a tunnel here, uh, considering the amount of money they spent on this railway. So that's the railway video um, covered. What else have we done recently? We did, um, oh, we did Sapperton Canal Tunnel. Me and Steve, you may have seen Steve on the normal YouTube channel, our YouTube channel. Um, Steve is from Caught Above the Cut. Now we bumped into Steve a while back 
Steve makes extremely detailed videos. He's extremely knowledgeable on canals, whether new canals, old canals, whatever. And we know a few people that do that sort of thing. Um, Steve makes videos about his travels and he does a lot of work for people like the Cotswold Canal Trust and Wilson Barts Canal and sort of helps promote them. So we teamed up with Steve recently and um, Steve said, do you fancy going inside Sapperton Canal Tunnel? Now, I've only ever walked in like 20 yards just to get a taste for it, but um, a friend of mine has a kayak, so Steve and I um, said, right, let's go and have a look, see if we can paddle in, see how far we can get. We knew from the northern entrance, well, you can get maybe 300 yards before there's a collapse, and we've seen plenty of people go in it um, and clamber up on it. I think there's even a geocache up there. So we thought, well, it might be quite nice to have a look and see um, if we can go in. So in we got, got all the way to Sapperton. Um, an old bolt on the floor, I just had all the way to Sapperton and um, went in the northern portal um, and sunk the boat almost immediately. We sat down, we didn't go in deep enough, and we ripped the bottom of the boat. Now, we didn't show much detail of that in the video, um, but suffice to say, so Steve sat down, I sat down, or I sat down first, and um, we I was well over my knees and some, and so we uh, we tried to move. Of course, nothing was happening. So I said, well, let's try paddling. And nothing was happening. Um, and then we, we said, right, okay, well, we're, we're pretty sure we're deep enough. Tried paddling a bit more. I stuck the oar in to the ground. Okay, yeah, and tried to push off. And then all of a sudden we heard a and Steve started getting wet. Um, his end, so we realized that we weren't deep enough at all. And we'd sunk the boat. Um, we hadn't sunk it, but we weren't doing great. I guess in some ways it's lucky that happened there and it didn't happen further in because we'd have had no choice to, well, I guess either swim or um, walk. Anyway, Steve was very keen to actually carry on. Um, and Steve said he's going to try walking. I tried walking another 20 yards or so, but I was getting stuck in the silt. I say stuck's probably the wrong word, but um, it wasn't ideal and I sort of thinking to myself well the mud here is sort of worrying me but Steve was Steve was keen and he went on and um yeah he carried on and he managed to get to the collapse uh it took some great shots for us and we stole a lot of his footage stuck it in our video and uh, for that we are eternally grateful for Steve from caught above the cut so go and watch a few of his videos. He's changing his channel a lot lately, trying to make himself more of a YouTube friendly rather than just sort of drone footage and that. Um, so go along and just subscribe to Steve's channel. You'll definitely enjoy it. I'm just wondering which way out. I think if I go that way, when I go to the north of here, so as I say, I'm on, a, on, a, on an overbridge over the Spratt and Winkle branch line, Fullerton to Hurstbourne branch line. And I think if I head north, out of here, I'll probably be able to get back home in that direction because I don't want to go the way I came because I've got to carry the bike over a um, sty. But um, yeah, nevertheless, this this is close to part of the Tess Way, 46 mile um, route from Coombe down to Romsey. And uh, yeah, it doesn't touch the banks of the River Tess, which is a bit ironic, but maybe one day we'll do a video about that. Oh, we already have. Well, hopefully this is working as a podcast. I'm always conscious it um, doesn't come out well, but I think, I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing good. Um, right, what plans have I got? I think Headley may have talked about some of his plans and what he's doing and what he's been up to with the Earth Trust. Um, well, the other thing I wanted to mention as well before we disappear is um, 
We had a wonderful time a couple of weeks ago, um, an evening and a day with Headley and Anna. Anna Dillon, artist, Headley, Headley, Headley. Um, and we spent some time at their exhibition. They've got an exhibition which is currently still on, I think until September or October, um, at the Wiltshire Museum, which is in Devizes. And they have done a whole load of work for it. I think a, a heck of a lot of years worth of works with photos um, from Headley's drone. And Anna's been painting um, a lot of those drone images. And they're absolutely beautiful. And I would highly recommend that if you're ever in the Devizes area, pop into the Wiltshire Museum. It's, uh, it's got its own little car park out the back, so you can you can have a look in there. Devizes is also a really nice place, so you can make a day of that. But pop into the Wiltshire Museum in Devizes, very close to the town centre, easily walkable, um, very accessible too. They've got accessibility throughout the um, for the place, um, and it's a really really nice little um, exhibition. As I say, we spent there on their opening day. We spent the day there, and we did sort of um, we met a few of uh, our followers really really enjoyable day and an enjoyable evening on the friday before so pop along worth your time i'm sure if you like the landscape like we do um right plans what are we doing we've got we've done a railway one we've done a canal one we've now got we think um a map video coming out this sunday fascinating little map story um on contour lines and the really quirky history it's a funny little video as well so depending on when this podcast goes out, you may have already seen it or you may not. After that, we've got a couple of really exciting Roman road videos. Um, we've got, uh, we did a, what's the word, a poll on what you guys want to see. We gave you a few options and the most popular option was the Roman road hoax or the greatest Roman hoax in history. And uh, I've written a script, going to film it this weekend. Really excited to, um, to put it out there because it's a fascinating story. It features a man called William Stukeley, uh, Charles Batram, um, and uh, the De Souter Britannia. And uh, it's a wonderful story of this fake history that lasted and was perpetrated for a hundred years before somebody said, hang on a minute, this doesn't add up. Absolutely fascinating story. So stay tuned to the Whitewick YouTube channel for that. I realise I'm pacing. Um, let's explore a bit more around here before we waffle on. Um, it's a really beautiful landscape around here. Lots of little wooded areas, lots of history because you can look on the old maps and there's clay pits and chalk pits and all sorts. And um, yeah, beautiful railway cutting sat right in the middle with really nice architecture. Again, I will put that picture. Um, on the YouTube video and on my social media too, so you can just pop along and see it if you're not watching the YouTube version. But um, what a huge, huge bridge this is, huge overbridge. Lovely, peaceful, gorgeous evening. This is so the other Roman uh, video we've got coming out soon is a Roman road because we love our Roman roads and I think you guys love your Roman roads too. So this will be out probably in a few weeks. Um, and it's a story of Roman Road 155, discovered in 1949, not by Marguerite, Ivan Marguerite, but by somebody else. But Ivan Marguerite tried to map quite a bit of it. And um, it's a bit of a curious one because it travels between Silchester and Chichester. But it also takes a huge deviation off of that route. And we know it does because there was a Roman station found there. And you can see the route north and south of that. 
and the LiDAR is quite good too. A few sketchy places where you're not quite sure where it goes, but it's the story of 155. And um, I think I'm going to turn it into something like, this is how my mind works, to try and sell that video a bit more. I think I'm going to try and turn it into, let's say, how to find a Roman road and maybe go for a, different, a few different sources and how you would look. A, on the ground, what you're looking for. B, from different um, sort of uh, antiquarian sources, what are you trying to find? And then the modern resources, like um, the OS map notes, although they're very old, and the LiDAR, um, and the different maps you can use to try and find out where it would go, whether it's an old map, um, new maps, or maps from whatever era. And then of course, finally, you can ask some locals because even on some of these old routes where I'll be looking at this weekend coming with the filming, well, there's a few where some of the older maps say Roman Road and it's sort of, and even the OS notes say, the locals know this is the Roman route and yet it's not mapped today. So you really dig deep and you can find out a few of these um, old little secrets in the landscape. Um, yeah, well, I think I've waffled quite a bit now non-stop. Well, what are we looking at? 18 minutes waffle. I think that'll probably do. So big thanks to Headley for doing his part with the Earth Trust. Big thanks to the Earth Trust. Um, and uh, thanks for joining me on this. Um, stood on an overbridge on the uh, above a railway cutting, which is as deep as I've seen in any part of the country, I would say. Um, or certainly close to it. And that would make a really good cycle route. A nice little connection in this part of the world. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll turn um, the other way and we'll stop shrinking our ability to walk and cycle and enjoy the countryside and maybe one day we'll flip it in the other direction and go, do you know what? We're going to go mad now, we're going to open up loads of routes, we're going to have a respectful right to roam and we're going to have rivers that are open to people and we're going to have routeways that are beautiful corridors for wildlife and people to enjoy. Maybe one day. Who knows? I don't know. I've been Paul. Uh, this has been Paul and Headley's podcast, which is titled Wessex Ways. I think this has been episode 15. We'll be back after the holiday period, which won't be too long, so stay tuned. And um, yeah, check out, um, well, let's say check out, look at the links in the description below for other areas of our social media and keep us, um, keep the comments coming because we love reading the comments. I'm not going to read any now because obviously I'm out and about in the middle of nowhere and I suspect Headley was too. But stick a comment below and we'll. Uh, funnier ones we shall read out in the next podcast because me and Headley quite enjoy doing that. Um, yeah. But from us, the Wessex Ways team, love to you all and we'll see you next time. So thank you very much for joining us on this Wessex Ways podcast. Um, <laughs> weather seems to be getting a little bit worse. Um, please, usual YouTube thing, like, subscribe, comment, etc. down below. If you've got any questions, ask us. And what we do is we read out some of the comments from last video uh, from episode 13 uh, in the next iteration of Wessex Ways and of course anything you put down here below we will also read out as well. So I'm definitely uh, in need of a warm car so from us at Wessex Ways on behalf of myself and Paul from Whitnam Clumps thank you very much for joining us and we will see you next time.